Welcome to episode 128, part two of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, people? I'm like, yeah, it's me, Sean. <laughs> Baller, yo. <laughs> you can see me play basketball in NBA 2K15. I'll be the skinny guy with the fat head. Can you now? Can you should record that and put it on our Facebook page to see what it looks like? Actually, well, I probably can. I know I can share it on my Facebook page. Um, I'll what I can do is you know, okay. Here's the problem: uh, as we, if, if there's people just tuning in, yeah. in part one, I've been playing NBA 2K15. I, I borrowed the camera, the PS4 camera, to scan my face so mm-hmm. I can be in the game. Right. Um, but the thing is, because it only scans your face when they first appear, it's your head's bald. <laughs> you know, like it's it's just it's there's no hair, so you kind of have to go through and like find like a hairstyle. Yeah. Now, I'm in my I'm middle aged man, so my hair is kind of black. Yeah. It's thinning, but I'm you know I'm not going to pick the receding hairline because I don't think you know as receding as it is, it's still kind of long. Yeah, you know, they did have my cut, you know, as an option, and I put it on, and it looks it looks like a fucking wig. It's what the problem is, and I couldn't wear my glasses when they do the. So I'm basically I don't have glasses. It's not my hair. It's not my voice, but it's my face, and it is freaky. I so you know. Because I should do different hairstyles. Like, well, this is what I look like bald. You know, <laughs> this is what I look like with a mohawk. <laughs> Ever know what I want to do with corn rolls? Now you do. Like, <laughs> things you can't unsee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and of course, like I'm, I'm tall, skinny. And I was like, oh. but then the part of me was like, well, I wonder how much fun I can have with this camera kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I do my junk. Like, you know, like, you know. <laughs> now, actually, what I wanted to see if I could do, like, hey, who's the dickhead? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! You know, uh, actually, what I wanted to try and it failed miserably. By the way, I have the first season of The Walking Dead on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and I got the limited edition one, which was basically um, a Ty McFarlane designed sculpture of a zombie head with the um, screwdriver stuck in the eye, right. so you can take it out. You know, it's supposed to jab it in and open it up, kind of thing. So I'm like. I wonder if the camera will scan because it's a head. Yeah, I'm like, I wonder if the camera would scan that. I'm like, how awesome would that be if my character was a zombie? <laughs> like, how awesome would that be? <laughs> you know, all I gotta do is just kind of turn it to the right, turn it to the left, yeah. and kind of like, as the, the, if it scans. I don't. It didn't register the head at all. And uh, I was like, I don't know why because I had me. I even had like I even I even lit it like super professionally. I had like a light on there. Like it just wouldn't. It sometimes would register the face, but not at all. I think maybe because it's missing an eye, and the other eye is kind of yellowish. Uh, so okay. I don't think that it, it was registering the pupils. Yeah. It, once in a while it did, but not enough to be able to do the whole look left, look right, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So I'm like, son of a bitch. And then I'm starting thinking, I wonder if like you do like a. Like like a zombie mask and just kind of like as long as your eyes are showing like right. I'm, I'm starting to go probably gonna have like a lot of fun like different different styles yeah like put makeup on hey, look at me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's Gene Simmons from Kiss playing b ball <laughs> it's the, you wanted the best you got the best Kiss ball. <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, so uh, hi, welcome back, folks. Yes. Um, since uh, Ed and I are in the studios, um, we are dedicating part two all towards the news. Yes. Now, 
Um, I'm sure Ed probably pulled news already, but we're going to start off with 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 Leonard Nimoy passing away. I mean, yeah. that's you know the saddest news we can give. But <laughs> yeah, you, didn't, you don't sound too convincing about being the saddest news. What, did you do write an, an epitaph? <laughs> did you write a eulogy? <laughs> no, I didn't write it. Oh. a eulogy. I wrote a I wrote a little thing because like the day he died, I was thinking about it. You know, I, I found out at work, and you know, I'm sitting there, and and one of the things was I was started thinking about Leonard Nimoy, like. How I knew Leonard Nimoy it was basically what oh it was, uh, you know, and I wrote it. It was called "What Leonard Nimoy, Let, what? What Leonard Nimoy Meant to Me" was what's what I wrote. Oh, strap in, folks! <laughs> I first saw Leonard Nimoy in 1982 in a movie, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, where I saw Spock and came to end to his funeral. I thought someone with no emotion had he instilled a lot of emotion in, in us. So he's one of those characters that. Just, Don't you just read it? Don't explain it. <laughs> The next meeting after Star Trek was the voice of In Search Of, <laughs> where it was a host of a weekly documentary series that actually I watched because of the distinctive sound of his voice, which brought about the fondness of documentaries. So that's probably the reason why I watch documentaries today is because of In Search Of and him hosting okay. a voiceover for the show. people who are who are well past <laughs> viewing age of this show. Yeah, it was during the seventies when there was only like four channels on, mm-hmm. and you know, it was a show basically. It it was X Files before X Files. Mm-hmm. It was basically because it was funny you bringing that odd stuff because in Hollywood Babylon they were talking about in search of, and it was hey this week we're going to look into UFOs yeah uh, this week we're going to look into Bigfoot and it was all it was, it was shot very documentary style like as if like all this stuff was real because back then like nowadays it was posted on the internet it'd be like oh no this is all fake and here's why blah yeah. blah blah. But back then, like the, the Loch Ness monster was like one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, you know, like or when they did Easter Island, they had no idea how those heads got there. It yeah, was, it was before like you know science really. <laughs> <laughs> there was no real science to the show, <laughs> right? Exactly. But they brought these scientific mysteries to you every week. <laughs> uh, the third time was when the boom of the internet and I. In the late '80s, and I got a video of Mr. Spock singing this this song, "The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins." You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we have played that. Sh- we have played that song. A couple- I think every time we've reviewed the Hobbit. <laughs> yes, which made me smile, and I still hold it into the video, which I watch whenever I, I'm a little bit down. I watch that to give me a boost really, spirit. yeah, because it's it's funny to watch like him. I mean, especially with his haircut, the, the, the classic Spock haircut and and the ears. Yes. And all. Um, okay, here's a little snippet of, of 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 in search of a giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. Indians call him Sasquatch. They believe he is as gentle as he is powerful and mysterious. He's been seen many times in the rugged mountains and deep woods of the Pacific Northwest. The encounters have not always been peaceful. In 1924, a small group of men were working a mine in a canyon near Mount St. Helens in Washington. One night, the miners took their weapons inside and bolted the door. They thought they were secure. I kind of want the theme song. Like, you know, they didn't have, like, a theme song? Yeah. You know, keep going. Uh, of course, though, after I, after I saw that, the next time I saw him was a lot of voiceovers. He did, the, you know, of course, the Star Trek uh, TV series of the animated series, which I watched, and of course he was in Transformers, Futurama, and even Big Bang Theory. So yeah. he did a lot of voiceover work then. So he was... 
There you go. In yeah. search of extraterrestrials, magic and witchcraft, missing persons. I think they did on Millie Arhart one time. Myth and monsters. Lost civilizations. God, I'm sorry. So that was that was pretty much it. So I just you know it's, and I know there's been other Vulcans on Star Trek, but you can't just replace the original like him. Well, I, I mean, I mean, Zachary Quinto is doing a good job of the new Spock, but and it's just one of those type of things that once you see Leonard Nimoy, you get that comfort. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, this is here. Here is, uh, I as a kid used to watch Batman and Star Trek were almost like right after each other. Mm-hmm. And it was the old classic, you know, so you see Spock. And at the time, like, when you're a kid, you're like, that's their version of an alien. And you just bought it. Like, you didn't, mm-hmm. like, or they had, like, the guy with the blue, you know, the, the antenna. And he's all blue with the white hair. Right. Um, I remember my mom was a huge Spock fan. Huge. And he showed up, okay, in Philadelphia. And it was so weird that, you know, apparently, because... Ralph Garman, one of the hosts of Hollywood Babylon, is from our area. Mm. He went, he told a story about how he met Leonard Nimoy because, and I remember this vividly mm-hmm. because my mom talked about it. So she must have met, saw Ralph Garman probably. He went to, at, at the time, it was Kitty City. It was a toy store. Yeah. Toy, a toy store. Huge. It was like Toys R Us, how Toys R Us is. Yeah. Back then, it was Kitty City, City or Toys R Us. Right. But before Toys R Us, it was Kitty City. Yeah. And he went to Kitty City for an appearance. And my mom went. It was like in the 70s at some point. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, stood in line just to meet him and kind of, and stuff like that. So she always was a huge fan of his. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I was always more of a Kirk guy, you know? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know why. You know, but I, I remember like someone when Ralph brought up him go like he's like he didn't say Kitty City he said oh he went to a toy store a toy mm-hmm. store around my area and I was like I know where his area is I know that toy store because it was it was my toy store yeah toy store as well yeah I'm like oh my god I could have bumped into Ralph Garman at some point in time mm-hmm. he probably would have been older because he's older than I am but yeah. it would be like oh, I could have could have bumped into him at some point <laughs> he could have been just a face in a crowd yeah but um. So, yeah, I mean, I remember, and my mom in, in my house, she bought this painting of, so I guess it was like an artist rendition. I don't know if you've, I don't know if I've ever, you've ever seen no, it. No, really, no, It's like Spock on, like, inside a um, spaceship, mm-hmm. and he's looking through the window, so you see the reflection of his face. Mm-hmm. You don't see him, but you see his reflection, and it, and the scene through the window is of a planet. I am um, I don't know if it's Mars. I don't know what planet it was, but we have that hanging predominantly in my living room, mm. and as well as a Polaroid that my mom took of him at Kitty City. Wow! So every day growing up, like it was. I don't, well, when she got that painting, I don't know when, but it's been hanging in my house, in, you know, for ages. Mm. So like every time I go downstairs, there he is. Like he has always been a fixture in my in in my parents' house since as long as I can remember. So yeah, he was part of my life too, not only through Star Trek, but then you know, um, I was you know mostly Star Trek. I yeah. gotta be honest, but I I thought he was great on Fringe. You know, mm-hmm. he was William Bell. Like some people don't know him, but he was also the voice of Rico, one of the Transformers. Yeah, I, and uh, well, he in he, he was in Galvatron. The car- in yeah, the, in, in the cartoon and in the movie. Yeah, in the uh, original movie. But also in the in and, and and now the new series, yeah, yes. the new series. Like, yeah, he's 
he has that voice that kind of like yeah I agree always made things kind of like very logical very like when he said something you just go because of the character that he portrayed as Spock the logical emotionless but there was something still kind of soothing and like if he said it you believed it yeah you, yeah you just went oh okay you have no idea Bigfoot I'll buy it like <laughs> sure you know like he would just say it like you know back in you know like as you heard on the clip it was just like these heads on Easter Island they got here through other means okay yeah. sure like take me away Spock <laughs> like, and he is <clears throat> he's an icon mm-hmm. he, not Spock is I would say he paved I mean the character of Spock helped pave the way for other shows I mean I don't know if my favorite Martian was on at the same time or not but it was you, it was more of a comical approach to Mar- Martians mm-hmm. and he had the antenna that wiggled up out of his ears mm-hmm. Spock's character was the first alien character I think on television that people took seriously he wasn't a threat he wasn't a menace it wasn't like oh the thing from outer space right. you know he was a character in a group of characters that you just had to go and he was took earnestly and seriously and with those bouts of humor, you know, of like I double demands on you. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I have noticed that your voice is, you know, like you've used more colorful colloquialisms, you know, like double dumbass on you. You know, <laughs> it was not, and then not only that, but like he also was a director too. Yeah. First movie he directed was Three Men and a Baby. Right. That's right. You know? And yeah. then, of course, he did Star Trek Three and Star Trek Four, you know, but it was just like, Star Trek Four goes down in his one one of the best Star Trek movies of all time. Yeah, you know, and then to get him for the reboot, I thought it was great. You know, to see him and it's just, yeah, it's one of those things where you just kind of go, "Holy crap!" Like, he, I, like, it's one. He's one of those people. Now, again, for people our age, mm. it's a sense of our own mortality when someone like that dies. Yeah, like for my sister, she obviously was impacted by it because again, we grew up in a house with, with Spock as an as as my mom's favorite. So mm. obviously it flashes back to my mom who passed away a few years ago. So it's, but to other kids, like people who just got on the Star Trek bandwagon with the JJ Abrams, see this old Spock and they go, Oh, okay. Well, he played it on the old TV show that I've never watched. Or he reprised his role in Star Trek the generation, another show I didn't watch because I wasn't even born yet. So, he'll, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like there's, there is that stuff like, yeah, when you sit there and you, That's you crap. think about it and you're going, some people only know him as Spock through the J.J. Abrams yeah. movie or through Fringe, if they're a fan of Fringe, or some of the voiceover work. But even then, they probably don't... He didn't have the impact on, like, my nephew, who's five, will never know a Spock. Right. You'll show him, like, when he gets older. Yeah, but you, he won't have the same appreciation as you will right. or your sister like, will. I have the original series on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the, the remastered, like, they did the old 60s styles. Like, you know, they polished it all up. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, all right, like, I'll, I'll look at them fondly or when I had Star Trek Next Generation when he showed up on that. Yeah. Or Deep Space Nine when he showed up on that. Like, I, I also remember, too, he, he wrote a book called I Am Not Spock. Yeah. It was an autobiography because at the time he did have little trouble. I remember reading articles about the book where he had troubles adjusting to the fact that, you know, he's an actor. This is all people know him as. Yeah. But I also know him, too, not only as Spock, but, like, as a kid growing up. One of the other, one of my other favorite shows was Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. and he, which you know, people are going with the Tom Cruise movie. The Tom Cruise movie is based off of, of a '60s and '70s TV show, 
same kind of concept where it's a group of people going and, and pulling a heist of some sort or doing something for the government, you know, but if, you, if you're caught, they'll acknowledge that they don't exist. Right. That doesn't value. But blah, he, blah, he was blah. on that for a couple of years too. Right. And That's I'm right. like, and I'm like, wow. Like, and, but so even, but my first, he'll always be Spock. Cause that's how I first saw him. And, mm. and then when I saw him in Mission Impossible, I'm like, Hey, it's Spock. Whenever I see him, he'll always be Spock. And at one point in time, I think that he thought that was a bad thing, but then he finally, like 20 years later, wrote a book called I am Spock. And he kind of put to rest, like he, all of a sudden became very comfortable with it again. Like, mm. you know, it's just, it's, it's sad. Yeah. Like it was, okay. Um, I know I'm a pretty much for a hard ass, you know, <laughs> but like when I remember being all tearful when Robin Williams, you know, committed suicide when we lost him, mm. I was really welling up a lot about with Nimoy. It was just like, I, man, I'd never met, yeah. but he was so, he was so involved in my life that I'll never know. Right. You know, it was like it was like losing like the serious uncle, like <laughs> like the uncle that you never see. You know, like you know where Robin Williams was the uncle that you know made you laugh and stuff like this. Spock kind of, you know, the character of Spock helped you kind of taught you a lot about tolerance, mm-hmm. taught you a lot about individuality, but also being different. Right. He helped, like he would sit there and, and not to mention the number of people who jumped into the science and engineering departments and schools based off of that show. Right. Like how influential that character was is so beyond measure that like people don't understand kids today (laughs) (laughs) won't understand that the cell phone is probably a direct link to Star Trek. Yeah. You know, to to Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock or like look at next generation. They were using touchpads. 25 years before it actually came into consciousness. Yeah. You know, like those shows actually like helped build the foundation for the technology that we have today. Yeah. Definitely. Weirdly enough, you know? Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. It's sad, you know, especially when you're talking about like when he was, when he wrote that book, the first book and the second book, yeah. but the fact is that, you know, he was such a beloved character, but then there was a point where the show ended and people just kind of wanted to forget you know, like yeah. Star Trek for a while because they were moving on to other things. Yeah, and like he was like, I want to do other things. Like, why? Well, I want to be creative. I want to. I want to direct. Right. You know. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was a poet. You know, he did. He did yeah. a lot of different other things. He wasn't just an actor. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, you know, just like you, he was for him. It was always tough because everybody. We could just as soon as he walked in the door, like, Hey, hey Spock. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's like it's one of those things where you want to be, you know. It's the price of fame, really. Yeah. Like, you kind of sit there and, and kind of go, I want to be famous, but then, you know, look at Adam West. Adam West is Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, when he goes, you're going to be like, oh, my God, our first Batman is no longer going to be walking the earth. Yeah. Like, it's one of those, like, sad realizations that you're, that time waits for no man. Right. Like, sooner or later, when your ticket's up, it's up. Right. And it's just one of those things where, like, you know, like, I, I know there's... It's kind of sad, though, like, when you think, I don't know if there's any icons like that anymore, like, that are on TV now. You know, it's 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 going, again, to, it's, it's going to be hard. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, you know, you think of the actors of today that are going, you know, are, are getting... There you go. There you go. But, like, like, you know, like, thinking of, like, a, like a, like a Bradley Cooper or Hugh Jackman, you know, they're big stars yeah. now because of the roles they play. But the thing is, is that, like, will they be able to, like... Hold on. 
gotta push the video again on the arcade. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Leonard, you brought us so much joy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and I guess, like I was saying, though, about the other characters, it's just like, will you see them like 20, 30 years from now? Will they still yeah. have that main, like, mainstay power? I mean, you have like a Tom Cruise, which I think will be one of those iconic actors. Yeah, but I don't think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, losing an actor is, is I think, different than having, like, the actor portray somebody that really cements. Well, it's like, it, it's kind of like, you know, Hugh Jackman now playing Wolverine. I mean, you know, yeah, like, you, you can get to a point where eventually he can't play it anymore, well, okay. and there'll be another Wolverine because the studios now are not going to be looking at, like, when they, well, that's the thing, when they, we, they built Star Trek in the in the 60s, and then they built yeah. them movies in, seven, in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, right. until to the, to the 90s, really, because like one of the last yeah. movies, like, I think it was 90, 91. That's the thing, like, you're going to... You, you those that those characters still could carry over like you could They're still timeless. have right that they could still have Spock and Kirk and yeah and so on do these it, roles here, the problem here here the thing is those characters will always be timeless until we as a society reach those years that the show is taking place in mm-hmm. because I mean it's just what you know uh, four hundred years in the future or something like yeah that. you know like in four hundred years from now if Star Trek or if that if that show somehow survives 400 years from now, someone's going to look at it and go, we don't have any of that shit. <laughs> like how we're bitching about now about Back to the Future. We don't have hoverboards. We don't have flying cars. We don't have the self-lacing. So like, I'm kind of curious. And like, that's one of the reasons why I wish the show was immortal. Like 400 years from now, will there be a federation of planets? Will we be going out into the galaxy just in search of shit? Right, like you yeah, know. because I mean, there's there's a lot of talk now about, especially going yeah. exploration to Mars, and they're going to have a big group of people go, and you know, kind of thing. And a lot of them think it's going to be a one way trip for them, you know. Yeah, of, yeah, because you know. it's like six months, I yeah. think, to get out there, you know. And then you're going to have to find a way to get there and come back, you know, yeah. and come back. It's going to be tough. And then who knows what's out there that look on the way that could happen to the ship, and yeah. you know, just never know. Yeah, you know, I knew I knew there was a, a story last year, and we never we never talked about it but there was a guy who was build, going to try and build an enterprise but build an actual yeah. ship and have it fly out and you know kind of thing and, and you know of course that's of course we're laughing now but yeah. that's, that's like a crack by idea but it's just like something like that needs kind of kind of have to happen you know yeah and the problem is i don't think there's any there's nothing out there that's inspiring people yeah like back in the 60s you know that show inspired us to be better yes nowadays it's we're more fascinated with the the drama of humanity through reality shows of who's the bad person who's this person right. there's no one out there's no show out there that kind of questions like why don't we try to go further we're rather what's what's out there you guys are too busy with Kim Kardashian's ass the the same day Kim like we talked about it on our air the same day Kim Car- Kardashian's ass broke the internet is the same day we landed a satellite on a fucking moving asteroid <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you know, and then what's the first thing people do? Bitch about the guy's shirt, right? And you know, completely humiliate this guy who did something in his life that you would never be able to attain. Probably a huge fan of Star Trek, and probably a huge fan of Spock. Yeah, that is something that guy probably never would have done if it wasn't for Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. And then instead of going, "Oh my God, it's awesome that we did that," someone went, "I'm offended by his shirt." <laughs> 
It's like that's where your humanity is. Yeah. It just it it it's almost like why do you think I always sit back and I just I'll watch the world burn. Yeah. Like I'll just give me some popcorn. I'll be like, I mean, you say you hear stuff all the time, and you're like, "Yep, my my yeah. faith is totally gone." I, like I, I call it fit in the herd. Yeah, you know, especially the whole Kanye West, you know, uh, Paul McCartney thing. That's we like, oh, it's great to this, you know, young. Like, yeah, really, like no, yeah. like the, there's you know, people today have. I mean, okay, I would say an icon would probably be Snooki. Like if Snooki died, it's people, uh, you know, she's young. But it would be a shame. I mean, obviously, you never want anybody to pass away young. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but to some people, they're being like, oh, my God, I... Or or if, God forbid, something were to happen to Kim Kardashian. It'll be like a big thing on MTV. It'd be, it'd be or, hard. Yeah. Like, people would be like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Uh, people would be crying in the streets over her death for a woman they've never met, but who had no impact in society. Yeah. Like, she literally does nothing to inspire anybody. You know, and then here's Leonard Nimoy who passes away, who was who who did. Right. Yeah, you're just kind of going, fuck, the world's not fair. Yeah. Like, it's just not. No, no, you're right. It's not. You know, it's, it's, he will sadly be missed. And, like, when it happened, I remember, like, I, remember I posted, I remember getting up, and the whole big thing that past week was, is the dress blue and white black and white or white and gold oh yeah and it was everywhere and I even posted I'm like what the fuck people like you guys run out of cat videos <laughs> like everywhere I'm looking at it's like what's the color of the dress what, oh my and all of a sudden like later that afternoon Leonard Nimoy died I'm like well on the plus side everyone's forgetting about that fucking dress you know I mean cause it was like for a couple hours and the next yeah. day it was back I'm like Still, it was like that guy made more like like you were more concerned about a color of a dress than about a man who who, who did more for arts, entertainment, real life science, yeah, than anybody who posted that picture will ever do. Right. Now it just it sucks. You know, I mean, the world keeps turning. Yeah, 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 but. Well, that's the thing. I mean, everybody who can turn on a microphone or... Look at us. We're two two idiots. (laughs) Two idiots. (laughs) Two boobs in a basement talking about Leonard Nimoy. I'd be so... If we ever inspire anybody, I'd be fucking amazed. (laughs) But, you know, going along with that, along those lines, you know, and everybody who posts stuff, that's the thing. Like, I have all these likes of these different groups or stuff like that. Right. And that's all I get was inundated with, with different things. And, of course, the day Leonard Nimoy passed away... That's all I saw. Like, if you scroll yeah. down, it was just Leonard Nimoy passed away over and over again. Um, Zachary Quinto, um, I, I posted, excuse me, I posted it on our Facebook page, I think. Um, the Time article that he wrote in, you know, because he went to, uh, there was one big controversy that Shatner couldn't make it to the funeral. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I didn't. He had a uh, commitment with the Red Cross in Florida. Okay. You know what? Legitimate excuse. Right. No reason to slam everyone, obviously. And plus, also, like, yeah, would have been nice to see him there. But you know what? People grieve in their own way. Mm-hmm. Like, just because, you know, like, maybe he just couldn't face it up. Like, this is a man that, that was by his side for, like, almost their whole entire career. They were partners. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, like, Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock. Yeah. When McCoy died, a lot of people were fucking bummed about that. Mm-hmm. But he also died of a, of a disease. I think, he have cancer? Uh, you got me on that know, one. Yeah, yeah, right now. Erica! I don't know, hey, um, I don't know how DeForest I, Kelly but, passed away. But he did pass away relatively young in our lives. We were like early 20s. Mm. You know, because it was like 
Star Trek Next Generation premiered in 87. Mm-hmm. And he died not too long after that because he was in the first episode. Yes. You know, in the makeup, the old man makeup. Um, because I remember him bitching the data about a Vulcan. You know, like yeah. that kind of thing. And it was just like, he didn't pass away that too much longer after that. And then the next one on the Star Trek list was James Doohan. Yes. Scotty. You know, Scotty. Now Spock. You yeah. know, and, and Shanner obviously didn't, like, maybe he, that sense of your own mortality going, oh my God, my friends are gone. Like, well, I'd say, you know, before that actually was a minor character, but she was a big thing because she was Gene Ryder's wife was uh, Nurse Chapel. Who, Nigel uh, Barrett. That's thank yeah. you. I couldn't think of the actual name. <laughs> All of a sudden, someone's going. He is a nerd. <laughs> He's a geek. He knows her name. Yeah, yeah. I just remember because she was the voice of the computer on the original series, and on the on Next Generation and all the Star Trek. She was always the voice, and she also played Troy's mom. Yes, you know she also yeah. played Nurse Chapel too in yeah, the original that's series. Right. Yeah, yeah, so was, that's right. Yeah, so those she did a lot for the for the show as well. You know, for of course Gene Roddenberry passing away too. But again, he you know like. His name was huge, yeah. but he wasn't in my house every week or every day because Star Trek. But that's the thing, though. St- like, thankfully, Star Trek went on without him. Like, you could thankfully, still, yeah. But you know, people would probably say like after it, like I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record. Yeah. Star Trek in and of itself, very boring show. <laughs> very boring. Uh-huh. After his death, the show got more interesting. Like they did more action. They did more human drama because because if you watch the first season of Star Trek Next Generation, mm-hmm. when he was still at the helm, it was all about exploring and about finding the betters in ourselves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until after he passed and you, they introduced the Borg. Yeah, like it was it was like you know the the Klingon Empire. Like there was con- conflict in the Federation. Mm-hmm. Conflict breeds watching. Yes. You know, Roddenberry never wanted like if you okay. Having watched all the seasonal Blu-ray mm. and all the special features, Roddenberry hated the conflict. He didn't want conflict in the show at all. It mm. was supposed to be about you know like how we as human beings can aspire to be better. Right. And everyone's like, yeah, but you need conflict to be able to do that. No, no, no we don't. We, we can be better than that. We don't need to be. You know, you, you don't always have to throw a punch to you know win the argument. Yeah. And everyone's going, yeah, but no one wants to see that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Star Trek The Motion Picture was such a boring movie. Yes. Oh, my God. That's, that's the one I always remember when I was a kid because always, they always showed it on New Year's Eve from, like, uh-huh. you know, like, yes. like the mid-80s or early 80s to mid-80s. And that was, to me, because I, I, when I was a kid, I, wasn't, I had to go to bed. Yeah. Time. That was the only time the, I could stay up. movie. Yes. And we watched it. My, my dad let me watch that Star Trek. And yeah. it was the dullest movie ever made. Boring shit. Ever. So it was a fight to stay up. <laughs> That's probably why he set you up. I want to go to sleep. Pop in Star Trek motion picture. And then the fact that they have an extended cut that I have, that I've seen, now it makes it much more interesting with the child molester in it. Like, uh, Decker. Yes. Decker and the bald chick. Oh, man. I knew that was coming. <laughs> well, just, you know, it's a fact. I and mean, someone, someone out there went, isn't that Decker? Wasn't that the guy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Michael Collins or whatever his name is. It's, it's Collins. I know that. Yeah, guy. not Michael. I think Michael Collins. Is, you know, anyway, <laughs> right now it's Michael Collins going. I never touched anybody. <laughs> 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 so anyway, back to um, what's his face? Um, 
Zachary Quinto wrote a nice little article in Time about like how his friendship, like it wasn't just like how he talked about getting the role of Spock, meeting Leonard Nimoy, and thinking it was just research into a role, and how influential, almost father figure like that he became in his life because he Zachary lost his father when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So talking to Leonard Nimoy, how he was able to kind of. It, it was like losing a father to him, yeah. and it was a really sweet article, especially you know you know Zachary Quinto being a you know out of the closet you know homosexual, mm-hmm. and how you know how he related to Spock on a completely different level mm-hmm. for being the outcast and how being accepted. It was really, 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 really nice article. I was like, oh man, like it's a huge bucket of wind. Yeah, you know he will yeah. be missed. Yes, kind of makes me now want to watch you. Old Star Trek shows. Like, <laughs> I had to go home and watch that. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on to happier stuff. Well, speaking of of movie icons, yes, Harrison Ford officially set for Blade Runner two. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. I guess he. I guess he's not a replicant. <laughs> he's old, unless they unless they digitalize his uh, digitalize his face. Well, Alcon has revealed that the currently in talks with the Academy Award winner director uh, Dennis Villeneuve, who did Prisoners and Enemy, to helm Blade Runner too. So okay. He's, so you got you got your director now. It it's not wasn't like they're they're still haven't actually hammered out all the deals for everybody. Right. But they they officially announced that he will be in it. So. The hope is good. Right now, Sean Young is going, please, I need a resurgence. I'm like, please, please, please call me. <laughs> so, Rutger Hauer is probably going, I'm sure, why not? Like, <laughs> Even though his machine shut down, it's probably like someone like, reacted in him. <laughs> Principal photography will begin during the summer of next year. And yeah. we're looking, they haven't reached, uh, released an official release date. Right, but 2017 is the probable time I we're going to see seen, this movie. I have seen things you couldn't. Yes. So another great speech in the history of movie speeches. That was completely made up, by the way. Was it? Yeah, I should bring over uh, Blade Runner because um, it has this great documentary on the whole making of the movie and that scene where Rutger Hauer is in the rain and he does that speech that that like poetry. He actually created that. Around, like he knew, like he either wrote it or he knew about it and he put it. He because it was never in the script. Oh, okay. It was one of those imp- not improv moments. One of those like. Hey, can I do this? And they're like, "Yeah, sure. We'll see how it works." And you know that, that I have seen things you never would imagine, or whatever the fuck it was. You know, <laughs> I'm never, I'm never good at quotes. <laughs> or it's like, "Hey, waka waka." That's my quote. <laughs> All right, what else you got in the news? Arrow and the Flash are getting a combo spinoff. So basically, of course, CW has been doing very well with the last three years, yep. seasons with uh, Arrow and those, Flash. Those shows are printing money for them. <laughs> exactly. So they're doing a possible spinoff is in development where they're working on basically it's going to be like kind of like a super – I always call it like, – the, the way I could describe it is it's going to be a super power hour of superheroes <laughs> that are either that were came from Arrow and Flash – Oh, or they're okay. going to be created like characters that are going to be on the show. That <coughs> so it's going to be like a weekly oh. show. Go okay, I, so so what you're saying is is like let's say on Arrow, I'm a I, I love Felicity, mm-hmm. and on um, Flash we'll have what who what's the lead girl and now and I forgot her name. It's it's Doctor Snow is the I don't know Doctor Snow Doctor Snow Snow Doctor yeah. Snow yes. Uh, 
they're superfluous characters. Like if they're not on the show at one moment in time, you don't really blink. You kind of go, oh, Felicity's not on. Yeah, that sucks. And then they're gonna have a show where it's gonna be like, "Hey, it's Felicity and her teaming up together and doing like a little wacky adventure, like Girls Night Out, and something shit happens." Right. So kind of like that. Or you, or you'll see the Adam come on because they are with. Uh... Well, okay. Now is this gonna be on TV or is it gonna be a web series? Because no, it's gonna be on TV. They're gonna they're saying that possibly it's gonna air around mid season next year. Because um, that that um, cartoon with what's Vixen? Vixen, yeah. It's gonna be a webisode. It's an animated oh, webisode. It's, not, it's, not, it's not going to be on TV. TV? It's, ah. it's, an, it's actually on the website. Ah, okay. You know, so I'm sure like when Arrow Season 3 comes out on Blu-ray, they'll probably throw that in. Mm. But yeah, the only way you can see the Vixen stuff will be online. Unless they kind of you know show, like, like right before the show starts, here's a new Vixen cartoon. Like, yeah. Yeah, like a little two-minute like Tom and Jerry thing. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're <coughs> actually talking that this is actually going to do, because they're, they're actually going to forgo the pilot. And just kind of start working on it right away. And just yeah, and they're just gonna go go right into it. You know what? That's it. It's a risk. It's a very it's, it's a tightrope walk because yeah. like I love Arrow, I love Flash. I don't know if I'm gonna like this one. Like it's like well, I mean, it depends on the characters. I mean, like well, if you're getting third, fourth tier characters, you're like who, or you're like I have well, to look this guy up, or, or you know, or oh, I remember him from this issue. Right, but see, here's, here's the here, okay, here's. The only uphill battle I could see about this one more, it, like you're right, that's been the characters. Mm. But let's say Felicity isn't in an episode this week. You know why? Why? Where was she? Well, you got to tune into this show because that answers the questions. It's like they're gonna try making this like world mm-hmm. where obviously no Arrow and Flash are in the same universe, but yet TV universe and the movie universe have got nothing to do with each other. Yeah. I've said it many times. So now you're gonna have this third show. That's going to be kind of like, hey, if you know what Diggle's doing on the afternoon that he wasn't on the show, this is what he's doing. Like, like he's working through his own shit kind of thing. Yeah, but I think they're going to be like Huntress in, you know, she was in a couple right. episodes of, of Arrow. I think she's going to be like in an episode, like great right, of course, her, a couple episodes for yeah, her. And, right, yeah. you know, and then you might see like there'll be other, I'm sure, like Captain Boomerang, like what he's up to, you know, <laughs> okay, and, sure. and so on. All right. You know. Like Huntress fighting Captain Boomerang or Captain Cold one time. Exactly. You know, stuff like that. All right. I mean, yeah, I just hope they don't, you know, burst the bubble. Like, you got two shows that are working real well for you. Well, the thing is, is that with those shows, you, you have a premise behind it. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you have yeah. an idea of what the story's about. This would be like the Shazam Isis Hour. Exactly. Like when we were kids. That, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Shazam Isis Power Hour. That, yeah. was the, that was the idea I was going through like my head. 15, like, hey, here's a little 15-minute short film with Felicity doing you know something and then when you come back from break Huntress is doing something because I mean they've been what they were also doing too there was also like commercials they would run during Flash remember when like yeah. Felicity was like the, the voice yes and, then, and they had a guy doing the car commercial right. yeah oh god I hope it's not like something like that I'd be like fuck a whole hour of interactive stuff of Felicity talking in my ear which I wouldn't mind by the way but I'm just like alright <laughs> what else you got <laughs> the Tomb Raider reboot has just a, took a huge step forward of course, you know, as a turn of century, we have had the franchise of Tomb Raider with uh, Angelina Jolie. It yes. also starred Daniel Craig and Gerard Butler. Yes. And now they want to revamp the show again, revamp the movie. Makes sense, me, yeah. sure. So, um, because they don't they don't have a Laura Croft yet, but they're they're in talks with writers at this point. And uh, the Evan Doherty, who did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle and Divergent, is right to write the new script. 
Uh, of course, that, that meaning, though, Marty Nixon draft from a couple years ago might be completely out or revamped, so they're not sure. What was the... Uh... Do you remember what the plot of that? No, was? I didn't. They didn't. No, so they didn't, you just so you just regurgitate what you read. Exactly. You know, I don't know what that what Tomb Raider three would have been like. Well, that's the same. They were they, <coughs> there was talks of a Tomb Raider three shortly yeah. after two. Right. You always want the trilogy. Right. But they kind of it just she probably was like other now. projects, yeah. you know, and moving on. So all right. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Lara Croft is. You know, she's a you know she's bankable, a bankable character. Well, of course they they did talk about the, of course they did release re-release the <sighs> They've kind of had a resurgence in 2013. The video game, well, the video game, which brought they, a lot of popularity back to the character, right? And but they did get an actress to play Lara Croft. You know, so why not just give her the job? Well, there was talks that she was going to be in the movie. Yeah, you know, not, so she. Was, I mean, it's not saying that she's not, but right. just they don't know yet. They they haven't. Uh, yeah, they'll probably try to get whoever's hot, or they'll go. Oh, we're gonna make Lara Croft black. Well, they they, <laughs> they might want to make her younger. I think. Well, what... the girl who was doing the voice, who who did the voiceover work for Lara Croft, she's like twenty something. Oh, okay. So she was in she was in the age range that they created Lara Croft in the game and the reboot of the game. So I mean, like, okay, give her the job. You know why not? Sure. Instead of giving like, oh, but in today's world, they'll just do the whole. Hey, we want to bring back Lara Croft, but we're gonna make her Asian. Or some Latino or African American because it's the in thing to do now. You know? Yeah. So what else you got? Uh, Netflix to launch reboots of Inspector Gadget and Danger Mouse. <laughs> All right, whatever. I, I mean, look, Netflix. You know, I mean, you're paying a monthly fee, so you're gonna watch or you're not gonna watch it. Right. Like, I have to. I have to rewatch season two of House of Lies because he season three just. Netflix. So well, they're saying they, they apparently they've 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 been working on these these shows have already been they're done they're they're done because one uh, Danger Mouse has actually been uh, airing in the UK oh, okay. and Inspector Garage it's actually been airing in Canada oh. so they were to bring it to the US audiences oh, okay. basically so it's stuff that if you well that like the show are huge fans and getting bootlegs of them you're well you know, yeah like the show like the Lost Girl. Mm-hmm. Is a Canadian show that Sci-Fi airs, mm-hmm. you know, or puts on on DVD, and Netflix also airs it. But so was Bullet to the Head, by the way. Remember that show? Yes. I finally found it. It's Bullet no, to the Face. You mean right? Bullet to the Face? Yeah. yeah sorry. Um, I saw that the whole complete series is on DVD. Is it? It's only those six episodes. <laughs> I was like, ah. Oh. But on on another note too, this is one of the reasons I I I'll probably talk about this on the show, but I think this month. The PlayStation Network is doing their own original programming. Really? And they're doing a show called Powers, which is based off a comic book where it's – the premise alone is great. It's it's basically cops policing superheroes. Mm-hmm. And the lead character is the guy who played um, Mad Dog from A-Team. He was mm-hmm. also in District 9. He was the hero in District 9. He was also the bad guy in Elysium. Anyway, he plays um, this cop who used to be a superhero with powers. Mm-hmm. But his powers were taken away from him. So now he's a human, and he's working on a police force that helps to police people with powers. Like, just because you may have superpowers doesn't mean you're going to be a superhero, but not necessarily a supervillain. Right. Like, you just might be, like, I got, you just might be a super dick. Like, you know? <laughs> like, you might be the guy. 
So you could be on the show. Then. I could be on the show. Yeah. Like, I, let's say my let's say I was let's say I was super strong. Yeah. But I'm like I'm I'm a dick, and yeah. I don't want to be like I'm not going out fucking rescuing puppies from trees. Fuck that. But I might be a little more rowdy at a bar. Like you know, I'll be like I'll get into a fist fight or two, or yeah, yeah I'll get in trouble that way. Not necessarily like not I'm not a super criminal, but I'm also not like I don't even bother with the hero shit. Yeah. You know, just leave me alone. Let me drink my beer in peace and fuck off. But there's, it's just, if I get into a bar fight with like another super guy mm-hmm. who's not like a publicly known feature, his he comes in and he kind of breaks up the fight. You know, he's you know, because he relate to the, the superhero the powers. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, but Eddie Izzard's in it oh, as okay. like as like the bad guy. <laughs> I'm like. I'm fucking in, you know, because it looks like Eddie Izzard's the guy who stole our lead character's powers. Uh, okay. So I'm like, this ought to be awesome. <laughs> nice. I think it's I think it's a weekly series that Sony Sony's for their PlayStation Network did. I think it starts this month. I gotta, I'm gonna I'm keeping a close eye on it though. Okay. So when it starts airing, I'll be like, yeah, the guy's seen the show. It's all up. Well, right. Inspector Gadget is premiering this month in March, and uh, Danger Maths will be in arriving spring of 2016. Okay, well, so. you know, uh, right now, House of Cards restarted back up again, so I'm going to watch that. And then next month is fucking Daredevil, yo! <laughs> and to be like, I'm going to come over and watch Daredevil, right? Because you don't got Netflix. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch all that. I'll watch the whole entire season, and I'll come over and I'll let you watch it. <laughs> hey, got any other news? Yes. Anthony Mackie can finally admit Falcon is in Avengers 2, and he's pretty pumped about it. Yeah, it makes sense. I heard him, Loki, right. uh, Hemdell. Well, he, of course, he was, they was keeping it under wraps, basically. Yeah. And they finally released a poster with his name on it. Okay. And he's finally saying now he can admit that he is in, in I uh, saw Ultron. a new trailer today. They released a third trailer. Did they? Give you a little bit more of the like, like more clips and stuff. Mm-hmm. They actually show you the vision, just like his face, and then opening his eyes. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you got to see Quicksilver punch Captain America right in his fucking mouth. Oh uh, wow! But real fast, it was like done in that slow mo, like he's running normal, and you see kind of like him like falling back in a slow mo, and he just kind of walks and punches him right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and then it looks like a little, uh, a little. Uh, Romance between Bruce Banner and, and Black Widow. Oh. Of course, Beauty and the Beast kind of thing. Yeah, Why not? Right. Then there was this cute little moment where she's, I guess she gets dropped out of her, that, that helicarrier. Yeah. And she's on a motorcycle and she, over to the microphone, goes, Am I, Do I always have to pick up all your toys, fellas? And as she drives by, she grabs Captain America's shield. Yeah. Because apparently he dropped it. <laughs> and then there's this great scene where Thor is yelling, Is that all you got? And then. It, and then all of a sudden, all of these Ultrons come out of nowhere, and Cap's like, you really had to ask. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be so good. Yay. All right, anyway, who else? Selena Kyle comes out as a bisexual in the latest Cat, Catwoman issue. Big deal. <laughs> I got to be honest. I, first of all, who the fuck was surprised by this? <laughs> this is, to me, another one of those, like, oh, DC's taking a safe route. Right. It's like, oh, well, you know what, where she's bisexual, because that's so edgy. No one cares. You know, like, look at us, we're diversifying. We have a bisexual catwoman now. Shouldn't we? Pat us on the back, folks. No one cares. Well, Catwoman uh, issue 39, which just came out, is uh, the issue that you'll be looking for if you're looking for this kiss. It's a kiss. Selena shares a kiss with another woman and confirms that she's bisexual. 
The woman in question is the new character named Iko Hisawaga. Uh, uh, okay, let me put it this way. Don't even bother mentioning her name because if, if she's recently introduced, she's used as a foil. She'll probably die within the next year. Well, the thing is, is that she's playing the new Catwoman. She's actually the Catwoman in the issue. Nope. Selena Kyle actually is the head of the crime syndicate, and that's why she has nope. turned down the, the... Nope. Sorry. I mean, that's great storyline and all, but if she's the new Catwoman, she's being set up to be murdered. Because <laughs> someone's going to get their hands on Catwoman thinking they won yeah. by killing her, and Selena Kyle is going to hear about it, and she's going to pick up the mantelpiece and go, fuck no, I'm Catwoman. Yeah. You know, or there's going to be like... This Catwoman will be kind of like uh, the asshole version of Catwoman, and that Selena Kyle will probably have to go in to teach her some lessons mm-hmm. and regain the mantle of Catwoman. I'm more interested in what's going on over at Batman Endgame. Apparently, I, from one of the spoils I heard, I think Alfred lost a hand thanks to the Joker. Wow. I think. Because I kept hearing joke, joke like, was, like someone wrote, and so that happened, like and talking about Batman Endgame. Mm-hmm. It was issue 38. And everyone's like, yeah, I heard you lend him a hand, kind of thing. So I'm going, and Joker knows Bruce Wayne's Batman. Yeah. Like, it's the big, like, oh. But people are going, we always kind of thought he knew anyway. He just didn't find any fun to do anything about it. Yeah. But anyway. All right, what else? Well, speaking of, of Joker and, and Batman, what Suicide Suicide Squad will borrow suicide from Suicide Squad? The, yes. Suicide Squad will borrow You from can't the, say Squad. No, I can't. Try it again. Call it Squad. <laughs> Not laughing. <laughs> what Suicide Squad will borrow from the Dark Knight? Um. Okay, what are they going to borrow? Basically, no jokes. The, um, the seriousness of it, because they would. Uh, oh God, you got to be fucking kidding me! What's the point of having Harley Quinn? Well, that's the thing. You, you, you've got Joker, who's playing by Jarrett Leto, and of course Harley Quinn playing by Margot Robbie. And they're not a single fucking joke between the two of them. That's... Not even a yuck yuck. Because I would think that Joker would at least like some of the vaudeville stuff. Like, take my wife, please. But I'm bumps. Oh, Mister J. But I think the Joker's going to be a villain in this movie. I don't think he's going to be right a good guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. think. He... Well, I mean, they're not all good guys. But I think Joker's probably going to do something that needs the Suicide Squad to stop. Right. So, of course, it was it was Margot Robbie that was asked this question on MTV, and she specifically asked, "Will suicides resemble Christopher Nolan's somber, serious Batman trilogy or Josh Whedon's The Avengers?" She's no way would she say, "Yeah, okay, here's your choices. Your character is a DC character. Um, so is your character in the DC universe, which is all serious and uptight, or the cool hip?" Marvel Universe, you know, the one who's not signing your check. <laughs> Which one's more going to be like? Um, I'm going to go with DC because that's who's paying my bills at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> In all fairness, though, David Iron, the, the writer-director, I, I, he doesn't really do comedy. Yeah, he He's the guy who did, like, um, Training Day, yeah. um, Equalizer. Yeah. There's some funny moments, but I would It's not like, oh, 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 yeah, huh, huh, huh. you know, there won't be none of that. I'm sure there'll be some good one-liners, but ugh, yeah, I, I just ugh. looking forward to seeing it now. I'm still gonna see it. I mean, God, I know you're gonna see it, but are you looking forward to it? Oh yeah, I still am. I mean, I, I did the. I want to see 
the Harley Quinn representation. I want to see the Jolly the Joker representation because they just leaked a photo or they just put a photo out of Jared Leto with the haircut that he has. Yeah. And people, okay, first it's a black and white photo. You can barely see what kind of hairstyle it is. But from what I've seen, you know what it looks like? It looks like Joker's hair from Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Oh, yeah. Like that slicked back yes. kind of yeah. grease ball kind of thing. Yeah. Um, also, too, in the New 52, in, in that series, he's got the, it's slicked back but also shaped on the sides. Mm-hmm. But Jarrett doesn't have it shaped on the side, so it's just all slicked back, which reminded me, first thing I thought of was Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Yeah. That whole prim, proper, slicked back, you know, um, Hannibal Lecter kind of look. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm like, all right. I'm curious to see how it goes, you know. So, you got anything else? Yes. Student builds a functional Batman combat suit. Yeah, I saw this one. You can take a machete to the ribs, I think that's <laughs> yes. what it is. A Philadelphia University student All by, right, the name, really proud. <laughs> by the name of Jackson Gordon. Jackson Gordon! <laughs> As he runs into a giant fight and... Hey, look, yeah, I got this suit on. I can take a machete. Yeah, but you had no helmet. Clunk back to the head. <laughs> well, it says that he, of course, went to uh, he went on to uh, Kickstarter to raise the money, and he got. 12- I kind of remember that 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 didn't we report on the Kickstarter campaign that he? Did? I think we might have that this kid wanted to build a functioning bat suit. Yeah, yes, and the Kickstarter program, and he was in Philadelphia, and again, I'm at the Philly Pride. You know, yes. Like, so he did get his twelve hundred dollars in thirty days. So he did achieve his goal. Awesome! And he, you know, of course, the, the okay, suit hold, now hold wears. A second. Those geeksters, historians out there that listen to every show, you're gonna have to go back and I swear we talked about the Kickstarter program. You have to find out what episode that was. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> You'll get a no prize. <laughs> <laughs> I will mention your name on the air as a thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve from Wisconsin, for telling you it was episode blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hey, it's okay. All right. So he gets his money. He makes a suit. And... Of course, the suit clocks in about 25 pounds with a protective cow <gasps> that comprised of the three of those pounds. Despite the, the hefty weight, the Gordon says that he hardly notices it when he wears it. But it's 25, 25 pounds spread over your body. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not like, here, hold this. <laughs> you know, of course he's of course he's ready to, to display, and he's going to display at the Maryland's Kutsikon. Okay, I don't know what that is. The uh, and where he had invited numerous con attendees to assault him with, uh, as he pleased. And sure enough, they the suit held up, but they had, they had machetes and they were taking wax at him and bats and I don't know all that fun stuff. Yeah, go to Maryland. Do you want to go to North Philly? <laughs> I mean, if you're going or New York. If you're going to test the suit out, test the suit out. Like, why don't you run through something and go, I'm here to save the day and see what happens. Can it take a bullet? <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. Machete. I'll take a machete hit. That's great. I'll take a baseball bat, whatever. What about bullets? Because, <laughs> I mean, I, we don't live in a comic book world where, you know, like, uh, you know. They shoot at you and miss completely. Yeah. Or the big weapon that the person carries, like Harley Quinn carries her mallet around. Yeah. No, chances are she's going to pull out a gun and shoot you in the forehead. Like, <laughs> can I take a bullet? Until then, don't come. Don't don't talk to me. 
<laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed that it can take a knife and all that stuff. That's great and all. And that can be used for, you know, um, future of police uniforms mm-hmm. or any other kind of uniforms where you might be under stress of stabbing or beatings. Yeah. But it's not bulletproof. <laughs> that bulletproof might be a, might be more on the side of interesting than I'm going to fight. Hit me, well, and, and stand there. Come on, hit me. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I that's going to be, the, I think, a tough trick to pull off because, I mean, you know, if, if people, like they have bulletproof vests out there now, but, I mean, they people still get impacted by those getting and hit. And they called armor-piercing bullets. Yes. So what are you going to do there, Philly boy? <laughs> I'm calling you out. <laughs> One Philadelphia into another. <laughs> Impress me. <laughs> right now he's listening to the show going, son of a bitch. I got on the show. <laughs> this is awesome. Dear Geeksters. <laughs> All right, you got anything else? Uh, you know what? I think we'll end it there. Well, I got something. Oh, well, then go ahead. The whole Michelle Rodriguez thing that I told oh, you to yes. pull that you didn't. That's right. <laughs> um. Okay, fine. I'm just going to do it all by memory now. Um, well, she reported she she was on TMZ the other okay, night. Okay, who's doing this report? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just trying to help you. No, I said I'm. Oh, all by yourself. <laughs> I mean, He's you, going to do it all you by can jump himself. in, but I'm. It's Sean reporting for Geeksers. Okay, <laughs> you know we'll go to Sean reporting for Geeksers live. Why? Thank you, Ed. Apparently. Michelle Rodriguez, we talked about it at the dinner. Yes. Where Michelle Rodriguez was supposed to be rumored to be Green Lantern. Yes. In the Justice League movie. Right. And I think I voiced my, that's crazy thing. (laughs) So TMZ apparently hit her as she was coming out of someplace. Yeah. And they said, is there any truth to that rumor? And she basically, in her own very special Michelle Rodriguez way, said no. (laughs) And by special way, she was just like, her opinion was like, did she wish that he would stop stealing the white superheroes. Yes. Now, at the time, I unmanically knew what she meant. Okay. Okay. Apparently, the rest of the world's fucking stupid. Yeah. Because a big hoopla, like, oh, what she talking about? She don't know. Like, like all of a sudden, people forgot that she was Latino. Yes. Like, like she did. She that she's not a minority, <laughs> and a you know a female minority, and I think she's lesbian. I think. Yeah, I think so. I'm okay. not sure though. Google that. <laughs> I do think she swings that way. I think, mm-hmm. even if she doesn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she did. Yeah, and I don't fault her either way. <laughs> but she's a minority of a minority of a minority. <laughs> All right. So, uh, me being a fan of her Facebook page, she did do a nice little vignette. It was like about three minutes explaining what she meant. Mm-hmm. Now, what she meant was. She's like, she feels as if Hollywood... Oh, let's see if I can just call it up on on, on my on our Facebook page. Yes. Because it just be easier. She basically kind of poo-pooed the idea of... Am I... See? Michelle Rodriguez. Here you go. So. Okay, here you go. Mm-hmm. Here's Here's her response. said that uh, people should stop trying to steal um, 
white people superheroes. And um, <laughs> I guess it got taken out of context because a lot of people got offended or whatever. But, like, I have a tendency to, like, you know, speak without a filter. Sorry about that. <laughs> what I really I meant it. was that, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, there's a language. And the language that you speak in Hollywood is successful franchise. And, um, and I think that there are many cultures in Hollywood that are not white that can come up with their own mythology. And, um, I mean, we all get it from the same reservoir of life, the fountain of life, you know, and it doesn't matter what culture you come from. I'm just saying that instead of trying to turn a, a girl character into a guy or instead of trying to turn a white character into a black character or Latin character, I think that people should stop being lazy and, you know, and, and that people should actually make an effort in Hollywood to develop their own mythology. And you know what? If being American is your mythology and, you know, the American culture is deep embedded into who you are and what makes you or the archetype that you're trying to portray in a Hollywood feature or in a comic book, so be that. But I'm just saying that the different cultures from from around the world that are in Hollywood, Latin, black, you know, Asian, so on and so forth, considered minorities because there aren't a lot of writers representing them. They should start focusing on making that, you know, a, a, a serious uh, priority, you know? It's it's not about taking, you know, uh, Catwoman or Superman or Green Lantern or, you know, whatever these characters are and trying to make them fit to whatever, you know, cultural background you are. It's, it's you know, I just feel like it, it should be more creative than that. And I think that people need to stop being lazy. And um, and that's what I meant by my comment. Okay, and, you know, I'm taking it to heart as well. And I'm, I'm considering this while I am out there coming up with projects to do and things to write. So I just think that, you know, that it's time to stop. Stop trying to, you know, take what's already there and try to fit, fit a culture into it. I think that it's time for us to write our own mythology and, and our own story. Every culture. So that's what I really meant. And I'm sorry if it came off, you know, rude or stupid. Um, it's not what I meant. So cheers. Yeah. Okay. Right from the girl's mouth. Right from and, the girl's and mouth. And to answer your question, in 2000, July of 2006, Rodriguez told Cosmopolitan Magazine that she was not a lesbian ah. but has experimented with both sexes. In November of 2006, her openly bisexual Blunt Rain co-star Christina Loki Loken made comment to the advocate that she was widely interpreted. Oh, Christine Christine Loken is uh, the female Terminator from yes. Terminator Three. Yes, right. So, but apparently now they're both kind of denying that that actual relationship happened. But well, uh, she goes. But she, there you go. She so she experimented. There's right. nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with experimentation. Nope. You know, especially when it's between two beautiful women. Yeah, I'm always for that. You know, <laughs> I've always been a big huge fan of Michelle Rodriguez. She's always found her very sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, but there it is. That's what she said. You know, that's what she meant by her statement. I gotta admit, she kind of makes some really good points, in my opinion. The okay, one of the big controversies, Fantastic Four making Johnny Storm black. Black, yeah. Now I hear from what I understand, the plot is is that he comes from a black family. She's adopted. Oh, okay. Okay, so which to me 
still, it's kind of like, why is that more socially, that seems to be more socially acceptable than the reverse. Like, couldn't, why can't a white family adopt, adopt a black, black child? Yeah. Or, or, I mean, in, in fact, it kind of happens, if you think about it, in Flash. You know, the TV show Flash, he's adopted by the father and the daughter. Yeah, that's right. And they're black. Yes. It seems to be okay for the white kid to get adopted, yeah. but not the black kid. <laughs> I don't understand that. Right. Maybe maybe because Hollywood's so worried about someone coming out going, oh, why, because the person's black, they own the mother and father kind of thing? Like, who cares well, they if they did died that, in the, They did in the blind side, you know, it was a true story. But, well, it was yeah. a true story. Yeah. True story. <laughs> but anyway, so I... Of course, people are going, well, it wasn't canon that she was, you know, like, yeah, the character was, there was a female Green Lantern for a while, but if you're going to reboot the series, don't do it with her. Like, give her the mythology of when she was in it. Kind of, and I kind of agree, though. Like, well, what she's saying is, if you want a black superhero, create one. Right. If you want an, a Latino character superhero, create them. Yeah. Like, don't change what's already there to suit your needs. Right. Like, it seems to be like, just because it, it's in vogue, like... Uh, you know, and again, I kind of agree. Like, I don't, like, I don't care that Johnny Storm's black. I give two shits. Like we talked about Miles Morales. Yeah, yeah said the rainier ring. I don't care that there's a black Spider Man. I care that there's also a white Spider Man, Peter Parker. Right. But it would be different. I think I'd probably feel like a little different if they should. Here's a new Peter Parker, and he's a black kid. Yeah. Well, no, he, it's Peter. Yeah. Like, why not just create a whole new character? You, but Marvel did that. Here's Miles. Right. Like, all right, I'm in. And I'm I saying there's there is a know? there is a fountain of of diverse characters out there. Yeah. What they need to do is just build them up in terms of like writing more stories about them, creating more movies about those characters. Not like you know turning well, somebody black pop- just for the sake. Look of how popular diversity. Vibe was in in cartoons. Yeah. You know, any comic books for a while. Yeah. You know, give him his own movie. Mm-hmm. You know, bring back his cartoon. Like I'm, I mean, you know. It just seems to be like like how she put it. It was just like it's lazy, is what it is. Right. You know, like we should again strive to be better, but everyone wants to take the easy way out. Right. Like we'll just make Chinese Storm black. How's that? Why? Because diversity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's like, but but why don't you just kind of create a whole new character? Like, why not? Right. I you mean, know? yeah. I mean, they they've 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 made changes through the years. Like, you know, like. For instance, the lesser-known character, uh, you know, well, not only lesser-known, but uh, 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 Nick Fury. He was right. a white, he's a white man with brown hair with great temples. Yes. You know, it was like a spy drama in the seventies. You know, was was war hero in the sixties for like World War Two. Now Samuel Jackson. Now Samuel Jackson because of the Ultimate series line yeah. that came out, and it's just like, well, you know what? They made a they made a major bold, and people accepted it. And, yeah. and, and, it, it be, and of course now it's a big success with all the movies. Well, yeah, out and of course they actually went to Samuel L. Jackson. Hey, we want to use your likeness, and he's like, I've got to play him in a movie. Yeah, you know? he's like, fine, as long as when it comes time to play him in the movies, I got to play him. They're like, all right. Yeah. Little did they know that that would actually happen. happen. Right. But again, it's Samuel L. Jackson. You know what you're getting when you get an actor. Let's like say, that. but they 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 could pull that kind of stuff off. But yeah. if you're going somewhere from like all this mythology, and all of a sudden because of a movie, you're going to yeah. change the the just in the, the orientation, the of- right? Just to have diversity, it's just like. Uh, people are not going to accept it, and that's I think what part of the problem is. Like, I, I can't see people going, "We won, yeah, we got the first because Batman's black." No, you got basically. Well, I kind of feel like how I feel. It's like, no, you got bamboozled, you got placated to. Mm-hmm. Like they satisfied your outrage by making a character black 
just to shut you up. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't. They're not going. Okay, you know what? You're right. So let's create our own world. Let's create our own characters. Now there are comic books out there that are solely ethnic based. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which is great and all because you want that. Like mm-hmm. you want little kids to be able to have idolized. You want to be able to look at that paper and go. I relate to that character, whether they be black, white, Asian, it shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's what that person's going through as a character is what makes you connect to them. But on a visual level, it's sometimes easier for a kid to go, I see a white guy. I'm white. Woo, I'm a black kid. They're black. This is awesome. Like mm-hmm. You can relate easier. As an adult, you start becoming more aware of, you can relate to other ethnic, ethnic characters by the struggle they're going through if you yourself have gone through that struggle. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can kind of empathize with them. Right. You know, as a kid, you don't you don't empathize with him. You just go, "Oh my God, Spider Man is awesome!" So, like, you know what? Fine. Like, uh, Black Panther's coming out. I'm okay with that because yeah. obviously, Black Panther, Luke Cage. I can't wait to see that on right. Netflix. Like, right. yeah, I want to see those characters, but I want to see those characters. I don't want to see a white Luke Cage. Yeah, or a you know, yeah, or a, a white Black Panther. Yeah. Like you know, like obviously, Samoan Black Panther. Yeah. You know. You know, it's it's like all right, whatever. So I, I was like, yay, that's my that was my big news. You know, so all right, good I, I wanted to make sure that we played her clip because I felt like you know she said it the best. I didn't want to power paraphrase in it. Yeah, going this is what she said. And I can just go, boing, boing, boing. there it is. <laughs> all right, so let's call it a night. All right, um, yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, folks. As always, if you have an opinion, feel free to give us a call <laughs> or actually contact. Write us, and we'll tell you where to write us at. You know. In the meantime, <laughs> you'll know what I mean when I get to it. All right. In the meantime, if you want to listen to us live, listen to us live on Sunday nights from six to nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, TuneIn, or iHeartRadio. Just check Aquanet Radio in those apps and. Don't forget, if you're listening to this fine podcast, go to Facebook, type in Geeksters Radio, and you'll see our Geeksters Facebook page. Hit the like button. And if you want to find, and then hit the about button. And you'll find out where you can tell your friends to download our episodes. If you're not sure, always fall back on the two definites, wordswithgeeks.com or iTunes as Geeksters. But since we're in the Facebook area, don't forget to go to Twitter and follow us at, at Geeksters or on Instagram at Geeksters Radio. And if you want to contact Ed on anything, including the stuff we just talked about, if you have an opinion, feel free to write us to contact Ed. You can contact him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Erica at Erica at wordswithgeeks.com. And that's Erica with a K. And then I just imagine the people just typing around going, well, I didn't think Sean. She's like, I wasn't here for that. I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> they talked about what? What? Those bastards. All right. So in the meantime, we'll see you. Uh, see you. We'll see you when you see you. Bravo! I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away! Hey, boo! Boo!